If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast. Just before we begin talking about today's exciting topic, I want to take a moment to ask you to consider partnering with me to reclaim this broken mental health system. I'm sure you know numerous people who struggle with anxiety and depression. Maybe you struggle with a chaotic mind and have felt the pain of intrusive thoughts. Too often, this topic is not addressed in churches, and the world's answer is medication or meditation, both of which are not sustainable solutions. But there is a solution, and it's one that is easily accessible and applicable. But we do need your help to make the solution attainable for people all over the world, including yourself. As you know, we are passionate as an organization about helping people learn about the power of their minds and how to overcome mental health issues. So, starting in April-May of this year, we will be beginning a series of clinical trials to further test and improve our current programs and develop ways to make these programs easily accessible and affordable for you, your community, and people everywhere. These programs will help you find and eliminate the root of mental health issues and build healthy new habits and mindsets. As you may be aware, clinical trials are not cheap, so we need your help. Please consider contributing to this research project. Any amount will help and all proceeds go directly to the research and clinical trials. For more information on this project and to donate, please visit drleafresearch.com. That is D-R-L-E-A-F-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, all one word, lowercase, dot com. Please help me change this broken mental health system. Now, back to today's podcast. Let's talk about memory. Well, this is something that is so vitally important, and it's a question that I get asked all the time. Can we improve our memory? How do we improve our memory? So I want to address just a few questions and and just talk about the subject. And there's a lot more information about this concept of memory and what memory really is and how to manage memory in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. One of the main questions I get asked is, why do we forget things? For example, like names. Forgetting names is one of those things that is very common across cultures, across the world. Forgetting names is, is, is not uncommon. So you're not getting dementia or Alzheimer's if you forget names. You just have to make more effort when you meet people to remember their names. And when I say more effort, just repeat their name in your head. Maybe associate something with their name to help you to remember their name. So maybe if their name is Jack, you think of Jack and the Beanstalk or something like that. Just use some sort of a mnemonic to help you associate their name to something and that can help a lot. But that's not, that's not an, an, an uncommon problem. So why do we forget things? Well, there's quite a few reasons why we forget things. 
And one of the first reasons that I always found was very relevant in the research I did and working with my patients and even with myself is when information is disorganized. Anything that's disorganized doesn't create clear patterns in the brain. So in your mind, as you're thinking in a disorganized way, it means that you're going to build that into your brain in a disorganized way. And anything that's disorganized isn't connected. So then it's very hard to find that information again when you need it. So organization is a very key element in good memory and not forgetting. So for example, I do, I'll give you an example from my life. I do an extensive amount of research daily to keep up to date in my field. And just because it really interests me and building, um, learning new information is very important for your brain. So I naturally do that. But what I found is that I sometimes get so excited about a train of thought that I start going from one article to the next, to the next, to the next, and I don't make good enough notes and I don't organize the information. And then because I understand the concepts, I remember the gist of the information. But when I want to draw on that information or find that specific article, I can't find it. So that is disorganized. And that leads to me knowing that I knew the information, but I can't access it, which is very frustrating. So to overcome that, I have to work out systems for as I find something interesting, as I think of what it means to me and how that article is important and how it's teaching me a certain concept or something, I have to make notes immediately, which I do in my phone. And then from my phone, I then go and store that in my computer. In other words, I've created a system. I used to use diaries to do that. Um, I used to do it in a handwritten way, which you can do as well. But I had a system for organizing my information. So organization helps us create meaningful connections. And as soon as you have a meaningful connection, you can trace and track your thinking. This brings me to my next point about why we don't remember. And that is that we don't create enough meaning around information. If you don't have meaning, it means you don't have understanding. And if you don't understand something, you won't remember it. It'll just become a bunch of facts that you will know that you heard something about, but you're not going to be able to remember enough information about that to be able to use in whichever context you need to use it in. So meaning will result from deep thinking. When we think deeply about something, we think deeply to understand and find meaning. So if I take the examples of the research that I do, if I just scan the headlines, but I don't think deeply about what those headlines are saying and read further than just the abstract and the headings, I won't find meaning in that information and I'm not going to remember it. But if I take the time to select that article and read through it looking for the meaning, And as I do that, then I will start developing a better memory of that information. So how do we create this meaning or develop this understanding to get some information to be meaningful? Well, there's a simple three-step technique that you can use, and that is ask, read the information, stop after a sentence, ask yourself what it means, answer yourself out loud, and have a discussion with yourself. And as you go through that very deliberate process, you will find yourself really getting to grips with what the content is and starting to make linkages in your brain and looking for more information and reading on and reading backwards and so on. And that is an excellent exercise for improving your memory and preventing forgetting things. The third thing that causes forgetting is not paying attention. And that's a very logical one. We have to be very deliberate about what we pay attention to. You also can't pay attention to everything because there's just too much to pay attention to. So you need to make sure that when you're in a situation that you need that information for, let's say, your school or your work or whatever it is that you do, that you choose to pay attention at that moment to that information, to that situation, whether it's a lecture or a conversation 
or whatever it is that you're doing and not let yourself get distracted by other thoughts going through your head or by your texts going off or your emails going off or other things you know you've got to do later on. Throw yourself 100% into paying attention in that now moment. The next thing that can cause forgetting is if you find yourself in a toxic emotional state. Emotions are fantastic things. They're great things. They give you flavor and understanding and help you enjoy life and see the depth of life. But when they become toxic, they actually create neurochemical chaos in your brain. And that creates like a brain fog. So when you're feeling like all worked up and toxic in your emotions, which can lead to feelings of unease and anxiety and and even depression and whatever, that will cause forgetting because it does create a very disorganized, disconnected mess in your brain. And that's really a neurochemical and protein reaction. Your proteins in your brain start changing and all kinds of things go wrong in your brain. It becomes like a bit of a putting your brain in a liquidizer when we get into emotional toxic stress. Then another thing that people don't realize that is so bad for forgetting, and that is multitasking. Multitasking is a myth. You can't multitask on a conscious level. On an unconscious level, you can, but you're not even aware of that. But when you're conscious about doing something, like when you are listening to me now, you if you're listening to me now, if you're trying to write or read something as well as listening to me, you're not going, that's multitasking. You're not going to be able to be conscious and deliberate in the moment, doing two things that require your cognitive input, that require your attention, that require you to focus on understanding what you are hearing or what you are doing. So that can cause a lot of forgetting when you try and split your attention between two. You can't actually do that. What happens in your brain is that you will start forgetting because you cause chaos inside of your brain. So how can you manage multitasking? Well, just very quickly, research shows that people who think they can multitask, their intelligence actually drops. Now, intelligence that drops can always increase again. It's all about how you manage your mind. So how do you manage multitasking? If you know you have to do something in that moment, like right now, I am doing this podcast. If I start trying to look at text now, or emails or things that are shooting through my inbox or start thinking about what I've got to do next, I'm not going to be able to focus on what I'm saying to you. So I'm going to finish the, in my mind, I determine to finish this particular task that I'm doing and then I will stop and do the next task and prioritize them. So it's, it's choosing to decide, it's you basically choosing to decide what you're going to focus your attention on. And you tell yourself mentally, I'll get to those. This is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to get to those later. So it's very much about choosing how you're going to pay, what you're going to pay attention to in the moment. I call this doing busy well. And I actually have a chapter on this in my book, Switch on Your Brain. And the chapter is called Milkshake Multitasking. Now, what you can do, let me give you another example. Let's say that you're in in a lecture and you're listening to the lecture and you want to make notes as well. Now, instead of trying to scrabble scrabble around and try and write every word that the lecturer is saying and trying to write every note of the slides that they're putting up. Rather, listen very deeply. And as you listen, repeat the words, literally repeat phrases in your head of what the lecturer is saying. And as you're repeating those phrases, you're asking yourself, what is the lecturer saying? What are they saying? And then answer yourself, they're saying this. And then as you do that ask, answer, discuss thing in your head, you can then find that you can write down notes. And the notes that you write down will be far less. In fact, you'll only write down around about 15 to 35%. 
So this process is creating meaning. It's creating context. It's creating organization. It's interactive. And it's something that you can use. And the more you use it, the better you get. But it is something that you can use in church when you're watching something on TV. You can use it in any situation where you are trying to remember what has what is being discussed or what you're being told in order to build good memory to help you to stop forgetting. But it's very interactive. It's not just a scrabbling down and writing everything. It is a very a deliberate, intentional attempt to understand and have a discussion with yourself to find the meaning of what you are hearing. For more information on this process, you can actually get this from my book, Think, Learn, Succeed, in the section of the book where I teach you how to do the five-step learning process. Another reason why people forget is that you may not even, you may not be interested in what you're hearing. You may not be interested in that boring subject or what the person is saying or that lecture, but you're at school and you need it to pass your exam. Or let's say, for example, if I had to attend an economics lecture, that's not my area of interest. So I would find that very difficult to pay attention to, but I would tell myself certain things that would help me to reconceptualize why I'm sitting there gaining that knowledge. And the first thing that I would say, for example, to myself to reconceptualize this in my mind is I would say, okay, well, this is information that's really good for me to understand in terms of, um, in terms of my business, in terms of the context that I'm, the world that I'm living in, in terms. So I would see it, I would see it then as useful information that I actually need even. So then I must challenge myself to listen. The actual challenge then of listening to understand something that I don't have much training in or any training in is already, I know for a fact from the work I do that the challenge is increasing my brain health and increasing my intelligence. So I'm going to tell myself that too, that in the attempt to challenge myself to understand and pay attention to stuff that I'm not really that interested in is good for my brain health, good for my body health, and it's increasing my intelligence. So the key thing is to reconceptualize your attitude towards what it is that you are learning. So if you don't like it, think of it as this is excellent for my brain. This is a challenge to my brain. It's going to increase my brain health. It's going to increase my intelligence. I'm privileged to even get access to this information. It's going to make me a better human because I've got more information. I can speak about more subjects. So it's basically taking that that concept and reconceptualizing it and seeing it as something that's valuable. And you do that in the way that you choose to see it. It's a complete reconceptualization and that will help you to remember the information. Another question I get asked a lot is, is it normal to forget? And my answer to that is, yes, it is normal to forget. In fact, it's brain protective. Our brain is not structured to remember every bit of data that you're exposed to, every name, every piece of information, everything you read. We're designed to get meaning out of information. And to get meaning out of information, you have to, like I've already said, selectively pay attention, think to understand. And as you do that, you actually engage the structures of your brain where the memory is held. It's a bit like a relationship. If you just meet someone once, you're not going to have a relationship. You just meet them. You don't know anything about them. But in order to develop a relationship, you need to spend time with them so that you get to know each other. So, And, and that's kind of what learning is. That's what memory is. So why is it bad if we just gather all this data and we don't build meaning? Well, the little structures that hold the data in your brain that you build as you, as you are hearing information, they just kind of fall apart and create a huge big mess inside of your brain if you don't get meaning. It's only when you spend time thinking to get meaning that you actually build healthy structures inside of your brain. So therefore, we actually 
can't just, if you just keep gathering data, we've just got this huge big mess inside of our brain and that causes neurochemical chaos. And because of the mind-brain connection and the gut-brain connection, that can put you into toxic stress. You can get stomach issues. You can get physical body issues. So being able to focus on something, to learn something, to get the meaning out of something so that you remember it is very important in terms of brain and body health. Yes, mental health is very dependent on you learning things and understanding information and building good memory. Normally, when we think of mental health, we think of other things, but mental health is very important. It's very important that we focus on building our brain. So why is building your brain important to mental health and how do you do it? Well, when you build your brain, what you're doing is you're generating very positive energy through your brain. Bear with me. I'm going to get a little bit sciencey for a moment, but just very quickly, then I'll give you an example of how to apply this. When you're thinking to understand something, you generate a very powerful quantum energy force through your brain, literally. And that causes a response in your brain on an electrical and chemical level, which causes the release of great neurotransmitters and a great lot of, of genetic expression, which then activates what we call neuroplasticity in the brain. So you start activating the brain in the way it's designed to be activated. You also have a whole lot of neurons that are that when you woke up this in the morning today, you have those who you literally gave birth to thousands of neurons. And as you're thinking deeply, you are pulling those into the networks of your brain to help you build these good memories. A healthy brain is filled with healthy memories that is that are constantly growing. When we don't use those little baby nerve cells that we give birth to in the mornings, we then they go to toxic waste during the day. And that toxic waste affects the functioning of the brain. Kind of like if you don't clean your house, eventually, you know, your house just is, it gets dirty and that can cause all kinds of germs and you can't get into your house. It's the same sort of thing. If you're not learning every day, your brain is designed to to do to to be exercised in that way, it becomes like if you don't run every day, if you don't use your physical muscles every day, they become limp and inactive and they don't work like they should and the blood doesn't flow properly and you're vulnerable to disease. Your brain is the same way. So by learning every day, that's what you are really improving the physical functioning and health of your physical brain. And that then feeds back into your mind and that in, that improves your mental health. It reduces symptoms of depression and anxiety, which come from, from many different sources. They symptoms from many different sources. But a major source of, of depression and anxiety is from us not learning information in this deep way where we think to understand. So what I do every morning, how do I do this? When I wake up in the morning, I have times during the course of my day, depending on what my day looks like in terms of meetings and travel and so on. So I've worked out into my routine. First thing in the morning, when I wake up, grab my cup of coffee and I start reading research. Um, I've subscribed to various different research um, universities and then I read that information and I start the process of using my five steps to understand articles that are relevant to my particular need at that moment in terms of the research I'm doing. So the five steps I talk about in depth in my book, Think, Learn, Succeed, and also on my Switch app, and you can see the information in the show notes. And those five steps are basically reading, gathering awareness. So I read the information, which is step number one, get it in my head, in other words, paragraph by paragraph or sentence by sentence, depending. I, I, as I get a feel as I'm going through it, I read a little bit, not more than like one or two sentences, then I'll stop. When I stop, I ask and answer and discuss with myself what that information says, what it means. Um, if I'm working on my phone, I'll highlight things. If I'm working in a book, I'll actually write and circle and so on. And then I make notes to myself. I'll make notes either on my phone or in the article or in the book. 
Then I look back at the notes that I've made and I compare it back to the original sentences that I read. And then I kind of talk about that. And then I to explain that to myself. So this means this, this is how I can apply that. This is the relevance. Maybe make a few more notes. And then I continue like that for the time that I have. Sometimes I'll go for a full, it's normally about an hour that I do that. And then during the course of the day, I will pick up at least another hour during the course of the day. Um, to do something like that again, to apply those five steps and to maybe take that article a little deeper. Or if it's a book that I'm working through, I'll read another chapter. I do this every single day without fail. And it is very, very important in building up your toxic, reducing toxic waste inside of your brain. Those five steps are in depth. In my book, I can't recommend it enough. As you do this, whenever I do it, you almost get a little mini high and, and a great high where you, because you, you're getting passionate about something you're interested in, you're doing what your mind and, and brain were designed for. And that's bringing a lot of physical and mental health into your physical brain. And you'll feel that. So when you're feeling the excitement and the passion and the, and your, and your interest, your, your interest is peaked and you feel like you've achieved something, this is extremely good for your mental health. Research has actually shown that your that symptoms of depression and anxiety and intrusive thinking and even psychotic breaks can drop off when, when you're working in this way. In my clinical practice, I was just talking about this the other day to someone in my team when I worked with my patients that would come in with a lot of a, a lot of learning issues and emotional baggage. I didn't start with the emotional issues. I would start with what do you need to learn? And they would tell me, okay, I've got to pass a math exam or I have to learn, I have to master this particular document, the information in this document for a meeting that I have to attend tomorrow and I'm really nervous because I just can't think and my memory's just not working. And so then we would sit down, take that need and deal with that need. And I would help them understand the math and learn the math for the exam or understand and, and unpack that article using those five steps and get to the point where that person feels confident in being able to present the information from that article in the meeting at work the next day. So I took the person's need that was relevant for them, what they needed to learn, and we used, built memory around that. And that's then when they felt a lot more peace, a lot of the anxiety that they were feeling, they could now verbalize it and see that, oh, it was linked to this and this and this and whatever. So then the emotional, dealing with the, sort of the emotional side was much easier to deal with once I'd got the more academic -y kind of side, the brain building side happening. It was then easier to do the detoxing. So this is very, these are very, very important skills for helping you to build memory. Remember, when we talk about memory building, we're talking about a very interactive, very active process. You're always building memory. You, you wouldn't be able to survive without it. Right now, you're building memories. You're listening to me. As you're listening to me, you're going through these five steps. You're hearing information. You're thinking and feeling and choosing. You're generating energy in your brain. You may be driving or you may be doing something. Maybe you're sitting down and taking notes while I'm, while I'm talking. Or maybe you decide I'm going to re-listen when I get home because you're driving now and you're going to re-listen and slow down and pause and make notes while you are hearing this information. And that's, and you're going to do this over maybe a couple of days so that you really understand what I'm saying. That's building memory. That exercise alone, just what you're doing now, listening to me and making that decision to understand what I'm saying and build this into information that you can use in your life means that you are learning to understand. You are building healthy memory. 
you're always building memory. And when you build memory incorrectly, and here's an example, when you just listen and you half listen to me, for example, and then you listen to another podcast and then you read a bit of an article and then you jump on your Instagram and then you get to work and you half listen to your boss and then you half do the email and then you dive into something and do it really well. And then there's just this happens and that happens. It's a lot of information that you're gathering, but you're not building the information deeply enough. You're not being selective. You're not saying, okay, I'm going to do this now. Then I'm going to work on that. This I'll handle later. You need to, in in your relevant life, what is irrelevant for you, you need to make decisions about what you can do now to do well because you're building memory all the time. So if you build it badly and you get into cycles of building it badly during the course of a day, you are gathering data like you, like a puzzle. You Like when we build puzzles, sort out all the pieces, especially if it's those big 5,000 piece puzzles and you get them all sorted and organized and then you start building. That's good. That's what I'm telling you to do. What we tend to do when we get busy is we just gather the pieces of the puzzle. Okay, I'll do this later. Okay, I'll half, and then you half sort out the puzzle. And it's all that half sorting out that affects your mental health because your brain is actually getting damaged. So you may as well learn how to build memory properly and learn to get this under control because you are always building memory. So this is very important information that I'm sharing with you for your mental health and your memory. So I hope this has helped you. I love this topic. It's it's mind-blowing and mind-opening and mind-freeing. And when you get a hang of this, it really changes your life. A good memory is totally within your grasp. There isn't anyone who can't learn how to improve their memory, which is really great news. So remember, you don't have to remember everything, but you need to remember in a quality way. It's not about quantity. It's all about quality when it comes to memory. For more information, get my book, Think, Learn, Succeed. Watch out for my amazing app that's going to be released soon called the Switch app. And for information on all of this, see the show notes. So in order to sum this up, the way that we improve memory is to be very deliberate and intentional about finding the meaning behind the knowledge that you're exposed to. Really thinking deeply to understand, to find meaning. And if stuff is not interesting and you need to remember that information, it's reconceptualize your attitude. Change your attitude to seeing the beneficial results of learning how to overcome and master that knowledge. If you liked today's podcast and want to learn more and go deeper into these concepts, I encourage you to attend my 2019 Mental Health Solutions Summit this December in Dallas, Texas. This conference is all about helping you manage your mental health and give you the tools needed to help others in your life. Whether you are a parent looking for ways to help your child, a teacher looking for ways to help your students and your colleagues, a pastor looking for ways to help your congregation, or a therapist looking for more techniques to help your clients, this conference is for you. Early bird ticket sales end on March 31st, and for more details and to register, go to drleafconference.com, D-R-L-E-A-F, conference, or one word, lowercase, dot com. Also, be sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter to get even more tips and tools to equip and empower you to take back control over your mental health. You can sign up at drleaf.com. One last thing, if you like this podcast, I would love it if you left a review. You can also include suggestions and topics that you would like covered in future episodes. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new and helpful. Till next week, thanks again. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf.